Hi everyone, I'm Debbie Roberts, owner and financial advisor at Property Apprentice. Join us today for the Week in Review, where I'll talk about current events for the everyday investor and home buyer. Our topics for this week, first up from landlords on the 13th of March, buyers walking away from deals over the flood risk. Topic number two, News Hub, 14th of March, economists say that the economy is already shrinking, but the OCR is still likely to rise. Third topic, New Zealand Herald, 14th of March, cost of living, high food prices, now a bigger worry than rent, consumer group says. Fourth topic from New Zealand Herald on the 14th of March, New Zealand superannuation rates 2023, how much more will you get? And fifth topic for this week in review from News Hub on the 16th of March, major bank changes its interest rates prediction in the wake of the GDP data. So first up for this week in review, from landlords on the 13th of March, buyers walking away from deals over the flood risk. Buyers and investors' concerns about flood risk have risen in recent weeks, and some are cancelling transactions. According to CoreLogic senior property economist Calvin Davidson, recent interactions with real estate brokers reveal that a home's flood risk is becoming a key worry. There's anecdotal evidence of some people assessing a property's flood risk and walking away from a purchase. Another concern that may arise, according to Davidson, is the cost of insurance. People might find it harder to purchase if premiums rise on flood-prone properties. Settled, which is a government website, has provided answers to frequently asked issues about real estate and rentals in the aftermath of the floods. According to the site, the buying and selling of real estate in flood-affected areas can be difficult to tackle. If your house is listed with a real estate agency and has been flooded, it's critical to get the damage properly examined and to communicate with the agent as quickly as possible. A critical decision is whether and how long to suspend the sales process. You may need to wait for the damage to be repaired or you may opt to proceed with the sale while revealing any risks to potential buyers. If there's been any damage, the realtor must disclose it to potential buyers. If a sale and purchase agreement had been entered into between yourself and the buyer before the floods, but settlement and possession by the buyer have not yet been completed, all parties should seek legal assistance. A sale and purchase agreement would typically include clauses on risk, pre-settlement damage and insurance to advise parties when there's damage to the property prior to settlement. It's critical that both parties consult with a lawyer or a conveyancer as soon as possible to discuss how these laws will apply. If the property for sale is a rental, these terms may also address the buyer and seller's options if the property's been damaged to the extent that renters cannot reside there until repair work is completed. Your scenario will determine whether you put your sale on hold. You should consult with a lawyer about the implications of a halt on your agency agreement and the sales process. The nature of any damage in the current stage of the sales process will dictate the action you need to take. For example, if you still decide to sell, your marketing materials may need to be modified to depict the state of your property. The alternatives given to you will also be influenced by the terms of any sale and purchase agreement that may have been entered into and or what the parties may have agreed upon. If you need to sell your property quickly, you can sell it as is, where is. Even if a property is being sold as is, where is, you and your agent must disclose any problems and honestly answer any inquiries about the property. This might involve disclosing that the entire degree of flood damage has yet to be determined. 
it's important to know that if you don't allow your agent to disclose issues with the property to potential buyers, the code of conduct overseen by the real estate authority requires the agent to stop acting on your behalf. Before signing a sale and purchase agreement for an as-is, where-is property, seek legal advice and consult with your lawyer and insurance provider. Any flaws or other issues concerning the physical condition of your home must be mentioned to prospective buyers. This applies at all times, not just following a natural calamity. If you're not sure what to disclose, put yourself in the buyer's shoes and consider what you'd like to know about the property. If you keep vital information about the sale of a property private, you can face legal action in the future. Transparency is a vital requirement that all agents must observe. You may have submitted an earthquake commission or EQC claim if you were affected by a natural disaster such as flooding. If this claim is still pending, it may be reasonable to transfer it to a buyer. In this case, both you and the buyers should get legal counsel regarding the transaction. In addition, buyers should check with their own insurance provider about whether the property they want to buy can be insured. Be warned, if you're unable to obtain insurance, you'll not be able to obtain lending to purchase the property. It's critical to conduct extensive due diligence on any property you're considering purchasing. And this is especially vital if there's a genuine risk of harm from a natural disaster or comparable event. A land information memorandum or a LIM the record of title, so title search, and an accredited property inspector's report are all important documents to get when acquiring a home. You can also obtain EQC claim information from the agency selling the property, or you can contact EQC directly if you believe a previous claim has been submitted on the property. Second topic for this week in review from News Hub on the 14th of March. Economists say that the economy is already shrinking, but the OCR is still likely to rise. Please note, this was two days prior to the GDP results. I'll discuss those results in topic number five of this week in review. The economy is projected to have contracted at the end of last year significantly sooner than the Reserve Bank of New Zealand predicted. GDP, which is the broad gauge of the economy's value, was expected to have decreased between 0.2 and 0.5% in the three months ended December. The Reserve Bank of New Zealand predicted forecasts of a 0.7% increase for the same quarter. Manufacturing, construction, retail sales and commercial activity have all slowed. According to ANZ senior economist Miles Workman, there could be some blowback for the unexpectedly large 2% increase in the previous quarter and the main question was whether the regular summer pattern of holiday shopping, tourism and housing rebound would occur. Workman added that international tourist arrivals are 32% below their pre-pandemic levels and the housing market is weak. Experts were hesitant to say that one quarter of negative growth indicated the start of the much-anticipated recession. Two consecutive quarters of negative growth, as the Reserve Bank of New Zealand has stated, is likely required to cool the economy and manage inflation. This would be considered at least to be a technical recession. Westpac Acting Chief Economist Michael Gordon said that it's unclear if we're heading into a recession earlier than expected. He believes that if one large piece of data comes below the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's forecast by a significant margin, the bank will likely make a smaller move. The Reserve Bank hiked the OCR by 50 basis points in February to 4.75%, with a peak of 5.5% expected by the end of the year. 
If you'd like to learn more about investing in property, join me at one of our free events called How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023. I'll discuss strategies for successful investing from my perspective as a financial advisor, and we run those sessions available either live, online, or in person. Check out propertyapprentice.co.nz for upcoming dates and register today. We don't sell property, so it's all about increasing your knowledge to reduce your risk. If you'd like to know more about how we can help you to reach your financial goals, you can either attend one of our free events, because I also talk about this towards the end of the session, or you can book a no-obligation phone call or meeting with my husband, Paul Roberts, via the website also. Third topic for this week in review, we've got the cost of living. High food prices are now a bigger worry than rent, consumer group says. According to a consumer group, Kiwi tenants are now more concerned about food costs than rent. Consumer New Zealand's Gemma Rasmussen said food issues have steadily increased over the last 18 months, and this is the first time that food concerns have outpaced housing. Food costs rose the most in the year of February since 1989 with recent weather events pushing fruit and vegetables up 6% in the previous month alone. According to Consumer NZ's nationally representative research, the majority of renters are more concerned about putting food on the table than paying for a roof over their heads. Food placed eighth in terms of financial concern in June 2021, with Kiwis more concerned about school tuition, personal debt and even house maintenance costs than food. Consumer NZ noted that in 2023, mortgage payments are the top financial concern, followed by food and then rent. The organisation urged large supermarkets to halt what it dubbed dodgy pricing tactics and promotions in the face of cost of living issues. And to give you an example of what some of those dodgy pricing tactics and promotions are, there's been situations where products have been advertised as being on sale, you know, buy in bulk and the bulk price actually works out to be more expensive than what you'd pay if you were buying them individually, just as one example. Rasmussen added that at the very least, shoppers must be able to trust the prices that they see in supermarkets in order to make informed decisions. According to Stats NZ data, overall food costs were 12% higher in February 2023 than in February 2022. Throughout the year, grocery food was the key contributor to this shift. With the colder months ahead, many households are prepared for rising heat prices as well as higher food bills. According to ASB senior economist Mark Smith, the North Island storms have already had a significant impact on retail food prices. Fourth topic for this week in review from the New Zealand Herald on the 14th of March, New Zealand superannuation rates 2023, how much more will you get? Prime Minister Chris Hipkins has announced that pensioners will get a modest bonus in their bank accounts beginning next month, so from the 1st of April 2023. The government unveiled its new cost of living package for Kiwi families, with pensioners told to expect an increase in their weekly payouts. Couples over the age of 65 will now get an extra $102.84 every fortnight in superannuation payments, while single people living alone will receive an extra $66.86 per payment. With global cost of living pressures, Cabinet has this year agreed to provide additional support to this group by increasing main benefits by 7.22% in line with inflation, Hipkin said. On April 1st, superannuation will increase by the same percentage. 
He stated the package of bread and butter support would help people who were truly feeling the bite from the higher cost of living. On April 1st, superannuation will increase by the same percentage. Working age adults on a main benefit will receive between $19.81 and $46.20 more each pay, depending on the type of benefit and whether they're single or a couple as a result of the adjustments. The annual general adjustment to benefits will help around 1.4 million New Zealanders. This includes 880,000 New Zealand superannuation and veterans pension recipients, 354,000 working age claimants, 52,000 students getting student allowance, and 74,000 people receiving supplementary assistance. In the year to December 2022, the CPI increased by 7.22%, while the average net pay, against which main benefits are indexed, increased by 6.24%. The additional boost to main benefits reduces the 0.98 percentage point difference. The adjustments mean that single retirees living alone will receive $992.74 fortnightly instead of $925.88. Singles living with others will receive $916.36 instead of $854.66, and couples will receive $763.64 instead of $712.22. Topic number five from News Hub on the 16th of March, major bank changes its interest rate prediction in the wake of the GDP data. A major bank revised its forecast for the official cash rate, the OCR, when new data showed that New Zealand's GDP fell in the fourth quarter of 2022. GDP dropped by 0.6% in the September quarter, according to Statistics New Zealand data that was released on Thursday. Manufacturing, which fell 1.9%, was the largest contribution to the economic growth slowdown. Another drop is expected in the March quarter, putting New Zealand into a technical recession. In response to the results, ASB updated its OCR forecast, now predicting a 25 basis point increase in April. However, the bank maintains its forecast that the OCR, which is now 4.75%, will peak at 5.25%. In a Thursday update, ASB economist Nathaniel Keel said that the GDP statistics were close to the bank's prediction, but lower than the mainstream and the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's estimates. GDP estimates are volatile, backward-looking and prone to significant changes, even in the best of times, according to Keel. Growth in the first quarter is likely to have been restrained by the cyclone's disruption to both primary production and services activities. Heal believes that the rebuilding from Cyclone Gabriel will increase construction and spending in the short term as residences and infrastructure are repaired, yet he stated that significant headwinds are gathering for the New Zealand economy in the medium term. He said there are numerous headwinds to growth, such as inflation remaining stubbornly persistent. Consumer spending will be tempered by rising living costs, increasing loan servicing costs and weak consumer confidence. The slowing global economy will limit demand for New Zealand exports. Keel anticipates that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand will create two 25 basis point raises in the next two meetings rather than a 50 basis point lift in April. OCR reductions aren't projected until mid-2024, according to Keel, but pronounced weakness in the economy might push that date forward if the labour market and inflation decline significantly. According to Infometrics analyst Joel Glynn, the GDP loss was greater than expected, 
Remember that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand was expecting a 0.7% increase in the quarter and not expecting a negative GDP until the third quarter this year. It's also important to note that the quarter for the reporting period was prior to the flooding in Auckland and Cyclone Gabriel, the impact of which will be shown in the next quarter's results. According to Glynn, flat household consumption in the numbers indicates that increasingly tough economic conditions are beginning to affect households. He stated that overall, less optimistic spending and investment indicate that demand is falling, which will contribute to keeping inflation under control. But he stated that the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's work is not yet complete, with additional interest rate hikes required to fully contain inflation. For months, inflation has been persistently high, despite the Reserve Bank of New Zealand raising the OCR from 0.25% in August 2021 up to 4.75% in February 2023. And in my opinion, the Reserve Bank's unlikely to start reducing the OCR until we're seeing some clear signs that inflation's under control. So my personal opinion is I wouldn't be surprised if the Reserve Bank comes out with at least a 0.5% increase in the next Reserve Bank statement. But time will tell and things can change in a heartbeat in that area. It's why they leave their decision up until the last minute on the day of the announcement. Property Apprentices free events cater to the changing needs of first home buyers and investors all over New Zealand. Join me for our upcoming event, How to Succeed with Property Investing in 2023, with my tips as a financial advisor regarding strategies for successful investing. There are live training sessions held either online or in our Auckland office, and there's plenty of opportunity to ask me questions. I'll answer as many of them as possible. You can register on our website at propertyapprentice.co.nz and check out the details there. If you'd like to have a no-obligation chat with my husband, Paul, to see how we could help you, you could also book a meeting or phone call with him via the website. That's propertyapprentice.co.nz.